You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 10 Things. Hello, good people, and welcome to this episode of 10 Things here on KC Sports Network. I'm BJ Kislev, hanging out with Ailey Lewis. We've got a fun show for you. The Chiefs have set their 53-man roster. We're going to give you our thoughts on that, as well as some other top storylines going on with the Chiefs right now. It's a little different, Ailey, with this show recording today. We're recording Wednesday morning. Right. Anyone who's listening, during the regular season, on a normal week, this is not even going to be normal next week, this will be a Monday show that we record Monday midday, goes out Monday afternoon, um, kind of breaking down the previous Chiefs game, a lot of that meat, the nuggets for anyone who's listened to the show before, but uh, kind of having to adjust on the fly with uh, work with salad. Schedule. Yeah, the schedule <laughs> the way it is right now. Yeah, it's definitely different. I feel like we haven't even gotten into a routine of everything, but usually we were talking about this before. It's like we got so many meat and potatoes to work with. And today we just got like a little side salad. Yeah. There's there's some stuff here to talk through. There's croutons. And it will help you get through your day. We know that a lot of people listening to the shows are just trying to pass the day and hear things that you're passionate about, obviously, with the Kansas City Chiefs. And obviously, we're passionate as well. And we're also passionate about Mission Taco because they are the sponsor of this show. And we appreciate them. Now, they have three locations in Kansas, in Kansas City, including the new one out here near us in Leewood. Uh, we appreciate not only the support of sponsoring this show, but also of the KCSN Foundation, Mission Taco was generous enough to help us support our Feed It Forward program and provide the meals every month to Hope Faith Ministries in downtown Kansas City. We'll be providing meals alongside Mission Taco once per month to Hope Faith Ministries. If you're interested in supporting or being a part of this program, please let us know. Uh, You can also get 10% off your order at any of the Mission Taco locations, including the ones in St. Louis, if you mention KC Sports Network. So again, appreciate Mission Taco Joint and their three locations in Kansas City. Gotta love Mission Taco. I love Mission Taco. I'm hungry. Now I want tacos. Every time. It's always 10 a.m. when we do this. So it's like tacos at 10. Yeah. It's not bad. Once we get ready, we might have tacos a few times, but then it's going to be eating the whole time. And that guac, guac is solid. It's fire. All right. Let's start the 10 things. Let's get into this show. Again, appreciate everybody for listening. Here are the 10 things standing standing out to us right now. About the Kansas City Chiefs. Haley, what do you want to start? Hey, the quarterback battle that is no longer a battle. It's reached its peak. We all talked about it. I mean, I think everyone talked about it leading up to, especially preseason game three. It was Blaine Gabbert, Shane Bouchelle. Shane had such a wonderful showing against the Cardinals. I mean, it's hard not to have a good showing against Mm -hmm. the Cardinals, but they might make everyone look good. But he especially looked perfect. He completed all the passes he threw. um, Had a wonderful... They, I think, okay, so he went against the Cardinals 10 of 10, 105, 15-yard rushing touchdown. He had 110.4 passer rating. Then we flash forward to last week against the Browns. He goes 8 of 17, 89 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, a 43.1 passer rating. Now, it's going to fluctuate. I think it's normal to know that the quarterback position is a challenging one and it's going to go up and down. Um, but to see such high promise, he was put, you know, in an opportunity where he could really show that maybe he could get that QB2 position. And Blaine Gabbert comes out and shows consistency, right? So he was consistent in week two, or excuse me, preseason game two, and against the Browns, again, being consistent. And he's the veteran quarterback that Andy Reid always likes to have. It's not that Shane Duchel necessarily just shot himself in the foot. It's just that in the end, the veteran 
calm, cool, and collected uh, ability to be able to, you know, brush off rookie mistakes and keep his head in the game kind of one out. So no emergency QB right now on the 53-man roster. They released Bouchelle yesterday on Tuesday when they made those cuts. Now, does he go to another team? He made a strong enough showing. I think he can get picked up by another NFL team. Or does he go to the practice squad for the Chiefs? That's a very high possibility. Yeah. Uh, BJ, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't have the numbers, and I, it just popped in my head. I've thought about this before that you know, for a quarterback to get picked up at this point, I know it just happened with Trey Lance with trades. It's a little bit different. Yeah. It may be a backup guy that you're counting on. But quarterback, because of the lingo of the offense, that there would only be certain scenarios and certain teams matching up with quarterbacks, with coaches that they've had in the past mm-hmm. and understand their offense. It'd be really hard for a team that hasn't worked with Shane Bouchelle or doesn't have the similar lingo. If he goes to Washington, you know, and it's Eric Bien, I mean, he's got the same language. It's one thing. Right. We go to a new system and have to learn that offense, the way the play calls, all of that. That's a lot to ask of a quarterback that you're planning on mm-hmm. having to be a backup or there's a potential that that person might play. I would like Trey Lance. You have a talent, not going to be the backup, not necessarily going to play, but you get him in your system. You see right. if you can develop him into something. Um, but you made the point. Uh, we've seen it with Andy Reid. He likes having the veteran backup. And you know, that's kind of my second point, Haley, on this is that you we've seen it during the Super this Super Bowl window that at different times you need that veteran quarterback to step in. When you yeah. go back a couple, few years ago for the f- first Super Bowl, it was Matt Moore. We stepped in after the kneecap issue with the last uh, quarterback sneak we'll ever see in Patrick Mahomes' career. Yeah. Um, Matt Moore came in and played basically two and a half games and played really well. And I'll never forget the Minnesota game that Matt Moore stepped in. He played really well. They won a three-point game. Best field goal of Harrison Butker's career, in my opinion, to tie that game, I think, at the very end. Um, or to, to take the leaves, like a 50-yard field goal in weather. Um, that was an unbelievable performance. Uh, but then we saw it with Chad Henney, and the Henney thing is possible, yeah. stepping in in playoff games against the Jaguars uh, last year or two years ago against the Browns, having the third down pass to Tyreek. The scramble that everybody remembers, I mean – we don't ever want to think about a scenario in which we don't have Patrick Mahomes, but we've had to have that happen yeah. where the backup has stepped up in big moments. And so in that case, I can understand why Andy Reid is going to go with the veteran in that case. But uh, who knows where Shane Bouchelle hopefully does end up back in Kansas City. You can see on social media, obviously, he and Patrick Mahomes and their their wives seem to be friends and that they know each other. And it might explain why he was so excited in the playoff game when she yeah. made the play. Uh, that he knew it was going to be tough or a battle for him to to make this roster. But you know, that's Brett Veach's problem when you keep bringing in more talent. You have tough decisions. It's tough, and, and, and it's an emotional day, right? Tuesday's a very emotional day for all, all everyone involved. Uh, yeah. You don't want to see cuts like this happen. I personally didn't really see it coming because it seemed like they were going to keep three, but it makes sense when you actually do go through all the numbers, how tight they were in other positions, and you know what, he might he might be staying here at KC. We'll just have to wait and see what shakes out. But your point, veteran quarterback, you got to have one. And it shows out in big moments, especially in the playoffs. Chiefs have had those moments come up where they need it. So, yeah. Another thing we saw, though. Moving on to number three. Moving on. Look at us. They're so fast today. Going right through it. There you go. Justin Ross, right? I'm sad that Ken's not here to say his little Sharpie comment that he loves to throw around. <laughs> but... Uh, Sharpie him in, right? He he makes the 53-man roster. I think that's a spot that's well-earned. This is the first time we've ever seen in the Andy Reid era here in Kansas City where he locked in seven different wide receivers. I think it's smart. And to do so, especially knowing that Kadarius Tony is probably going to be moved to, well, potentially. That, that's the we don't know about that. And when you talk about, like, 
you made it through the first roster cut. Yeah, it's the I said it and then I re- recanted. It's the guy. So what she's talking about if if you get placed on IR before you make the initial fifty three, right. your season's over. You can't make can't come back. But if you make the initial fifty three and then the day after you get placed on IR, then that's where you can come back uh, and still play in that season. And so it's always tough for the guys who get past the initial fifty three thought right. they made it, and then they're the the odd man out that gets cut because they've got to make room for. Um, Kadarius Tony uh, getting off or they get cut initially and then come back. There's a lot of things in the practice squad will get set up later today. As we're recording, they have not set yeah, up. No, no yet. set moves yet at 1030. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of Wednesday. They have seven receivers right now. We'll see how it shakes out by the time they get there. I hope for all of our sakes that Kadarius Tony isn't placed on injured reserve. Mm-hmm. Didn't make it seem like that was going to be the case. I know James Palmer came out recently and had right. a report that there's still an outside chance that he could be ready for week, week one, which tells me Probably not going on IR, but we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, Justin Ross, I uh, he earned it. It's he's it was obviously and it it has been probably one of like the biggest outside of Chris Jones, the biggest storyline at least on the offensive side for the Chiefs uh, and what he can do. And there was a lot of people that were I want to say early on him just because of the highlights, and we've seen that. Yeah. Um, and then there were a lot of us that you know were kind of on the wait and see, like huge talent. But let's not say, and I've said this a thousand times, I think probably on this show too. Let's not say we don't need DeAndre Hopkins because we have Justin Ross. Like that's where for me it was like, come on, let's, let's relax a little Let's bit. relax a little bit. I mean, he's big, he's athletic, he makes incredible catches that no one else can, but he's a rookie in the NFL. And we could, and if he absolutely develops into that, we're all going to be excited. We it. But we've seen guys step up at his size and that look just like that right. and make plays all during the offseason. And so they prove it at the NFL level until he proves he can stay healthy at the NFL level, you can't sharpie him in as a number two receiver and have it change your strategic decision adding a top five wide receiver in the NFL. But he's got a phenomenal opportunity going to training camp. Justin Ross was the one guy that stood out, not because everybody was talking about him, but because he's 6'4", 210, and he moves like he does. Are not to stand out. It's going to be special. I mean, but he totaled 59 receiving yards off six receptions and two touchdowns within three games. So the potential is there. I think we're excited to see where it goes. But like you said, be realistic. Yeah. And it kind of goes to my point of, you know, the receiver room in general, the way that you just talked about it. Um, I was looking up the numbers because everybody, especially from a fantasy perspective, like even in our fantasy draft, where it's obviously a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans and my wife had a fantasy football draft. A lot of the Chiefs receivers don't go, aren't going super high because they don't know who it's going to be. The yards are going to some Patrick Mahomes is going to put up yards. Somebody's catching something. And that's the interesting part of it is everybody knows that Mahomes is going to put up yards, knows Kelsey's going to be there to put up yards. But if you trust that Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for 5,000 yards and Travis Kelsey's going to have 1,100, 1,500, yeah. depending on how many games he plays, somebody's getting the rest of those yards. Somebody's going to catch Marquez Valdez Scantling career high is 690 yards at the Packers in 2020. He had 687 for the Chiefs last year. If he's going to be that first guy to get the opportunity to get those yardage, maybe he gets closer to a thousand yards. Yeah. Somebody else looking at the last few years, there's always a couple other guys that have between 500 and 700 yards. Is it going to be Richie James who had 569 yards last year? Is it Rasheed Rice as a rookie? Is it Sky Moore Mm -hmm. stepping up who had 250 yards last year? Justin Ross, the guy we're just talking about. How many yards does he end up with? Justin Watson at 315 yards last year. There are going to be two players outside of MVS that have 500 to 600, 700 yards receiving. It's going to be really fun and interesting to watch and see how who gets those first opportunities yeah. from Patrick Mahomes, uh, knowing that MVS will probably get the first crack at 
you think MVS is going to take the place of Smith Schuster? Then I don't know as Le- far as as far role. as leading per se. Not sorry, yes, not role. I'm sorry, leading yards. Yes, okay. If you had to tell me right now, because I think just going to get yeah. the first opportunity um, to get those passes, but then after that, it could be. I should have phrased that differently. That but was. it could be a Richie James, and like we know how many off script plays Patrick Mahomes makes. Sure. That's going out. That's more instinctual than it is understanding the offense. That was the one thing. Granted, it was just a handful of plays. Uh, that I saw on the two practices I went up to training camp. But that's what stood out to me about Richie James is when the play broke down and Mahomes left mm-hmm. the pocket, Richie James knew how to find the open spot. He knew how to sit in the zone, how to move away from leverage and all those types of things and saw Patrick Mahomes make passes to him. was like, that's the stuff that you can't necessarily, I don't say can't teach it, but you need reps. You need to be able to see and understand the game in the same way in the same moments. That's why Travis Kelsey and Mahomes are so good. Sometimes they don't even have to communicate. They can just look at each other and oh, what what <laughs> the other is going to do. Did you ever see that clip where Kelsey like came off the side? Like, I can't remember what it was in. Was it like a franchise thing or the Chiefs put out or whatever? And he was like, I, you did, I didn't even turn. You didn't even know where I was going there. And you just threw it there. And he's like, I knew you'd be there. He goes, I didn't know I'd be there. And it's like, it's crazy. It's that un, unknown chemistry that they just have. It's so important. And we I think we saw that play out a few times when NVS had such amazing potential. But just the chemistry wasn't quite there yet. They hadn't learned each other. So hopefully this season... That's going to be a lock, uh, a lock in. Yeah. Well, let us know in the comments if you're watching out on YouTube or listening to the podcast, hit us up on social media. But if you're watching on YouTube, hit us up in the comments who are going to be those couple of receivers that step up. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to, Justin Ross goes from not playing for two years to a thousand yards, right. but he's going to have 400, 500 yards. I think I said that before when we did this, like mm-hmm. how many yards could Justin Ross ends up with? And I said 400, 500 and that's if he's going to be one of those top three guys. You can't forget about Jerick Kennan because he's going to catch a lot of passes. You were right about Justin Watson, though. I was. Yeah, you don't owe a charity $500. You can donate to the charity of Haley Lewis Community America. Dash. <laughs> I'm not going to cheer not paying money Checking to a foundation, <laughs> but Justin Watson was always going to make this. Yeah. That was always going to happen. There you go. Uh, should we go to five? Yeah. All right. No injuries. That's a good point, right? Not no six. No oh, major six. injuries. There you go. Moving on. Uh, the biggest one that came from last week, Leo Chanel, 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 to be determined. I like Chanel. I say it's Chanel. I've heard it Chanel, but then people say Chanel sometimes who are beat reporters. And I'm like, can we just say Chanel number five? Like, let's go with that. You uh, can't say his name. And I don't picture him jumping on the bus and like pulling himself up. It was the most athletic how the thing that he did all season. did that, though? He's a legend. The forever memory from the parade. Anyways, um, hip pointer kind of issue after being able to recover uh, Deshaun Watson's fumble and take it down to the 39-yard line. So that, of course, led to Kansas City getting the field goal, um, scoring for the offense. And Reed afterwards, he kind of said something, I'm summarizing, but basically along the lines of saying anyone who got hurt um, in the game versus the Browns and before, it's all things that everyone's going to recover from. It's nothing major. It's not a big deal. Uh, other ones to note, I think Cornell Powell, um, Morris there as well. But but again, he said everyone would be good in due time. So it's looking up and then Kadarius Tony and, and Nick Jones are probably the other two who would be on the list after that, hopefully. Um, but yeah, the biggest deal is the fact that there were no injuries. And I think that's a huge celebration for the Chiefs because as we watched a Browns player, you know, Grant get carted off in the beginning of the game. You hate to see that in the preseason. Sometimes the NFL even talks about dissolving the preseason because of this, but you need it to work out those cases. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's been, you know, just like that's always been a topic of conversation, avoiding how do you avoid injuries. But I think the Chiefs coming out unscathed is pretty good. 
Yeah, not bad. And the the one outside of Kadarius Tony, the other injury we're going to talk about um, after this quick break, but it's Legarius Sneed. We'll give you the latest as far as the the timeline of what we've seen from Legarius Sneed because it's an interesting one and it reminds us of things that that aren't too popular of memories for Chiefs fans. But we'll talk about Legarius Sneed and get more on ten things right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to 10 Things. I'm BJ Kissel hanging out with Haley Lewis going through the 10 things that stand out to us right now regarding the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, as we get into the regular season, there'll be a lot more meat and potatoes information following the Chiefs game. If you listened to the show last year, you know what it's about. But Haley, we were just going through injuries and kind of went through that no major ones, but wasn't happening in the preseason seems to have either been last year at the end of the season, the championship game um, into this off season with luxurious knee and this knee injury, this knee swelling. Uh, the last time he practiced was July 29th. He missed 12 practices up in St. Joe at chief's training camp. Coach Reed wins when speaking about it back on August 15th, Andy Reed said that Snead would be back for the season. The exact quote was, we're just again, taking that slow. But yeah, we'll get him back sooner rather than later. So it wasn't the infamous, he's day-to-day. That's the last thing you want to yeah. hear because it's going to give everybody reminders of the yeah, Barry situation. Listen to Rick on that one, take a day-to-day. Yeah, that, that like, Barry one was a little bit different, but with Legereus Need, it's not something you want to see. And let's be honest, it's not something Legereus Need is going to want to do either. And yeah. the situation he's in, in a contract year where he's going to look to get paid, he's been a blossoming young star at defensive back for the Chiefs and the versatility that he brings. The Chiefs need him back and be able to play. I'm glad they're taking it slow. I trust Rick and that entire staff does a great job of getting guys ready to play and back out on the field when they're ready. But the luxurious need something. Sneed situation is something to the monitor. Need for Sneed. As we go to like next week. Yeah. If he's limited in practice, that's not a great sign um, to me. But the fact that there's not been a surgery, nothing. It's just the knee swelling. They're trying to get that under control. Hopefully it's not something that follows him both for the team, but also for the player who, again, is in that that window of trying to get paid. Because uh, he was a rookie in 2020, right? He was drafted in 2020? I believe so. Believe so. And which would make sense coming up on a contract year. Yep. Um, he, is, as young as he is, is the leader of of the DBs and, and, and back there in the secondary, which is crazy to think at that young of an age. And then you lose Thornhill, who was like 20, 26-ish. Uh, another guy who at that young age is still considered a veteran leader in the NFL. You forget that we're reporting on infants here, um, but <laughs> children, these are the children. 
Um, but the thing is, he he is so good to have in that room too. And I remember last year when he was dealing with a different injury, and also when he was dealing with that collarbone injury, a lot of the other players were saying it's so good just to even have his input, have him in that room, have him there. So yes, a phenomenal player on the field, but also a veteran leader for the younger crew that is now coming up. Because when you actually look at the secondary, they're <laughs> like when we're talking babies, those are babies. Like these are child, like children. Yes. But again, glad that at least it, regard outside of Kadarius Tony and Legereus Need, Chiefs relatively healthy at this point, which uh, isn't bad compared to some other teams that have lost some guys. You'll get Denver. They're doing. They're going through it again. Uh, it's like Denver. Their wide receiver room is like the new Chargers. Uh, their guys, <laughs> all of their guys. Jerry Judy's hurt. I think saw Ben Albright, who covers the Broncos, known Ben for a long time. He's an uh, infamous radio guy over in Denver uh, with his hashtag takes, but. Um, love you, Ben. But I think like three healthy receivers right now for the Broncos. Like not something that Sean Payton's going to want to see in his first year is he's trying to resurrect um, Russell Wilson's career to some extent. But hey, let's move on to number seven. We can get oh, off the injury front. Talking about more children here. Rashid Rice. Uh, talking about mistakes, why they are needed, why they need to happen in the preseason. A lot of people were bringing the heat to Rasheed Rice after a wide open drop that Gabbert just threw him a dime. It would have been perfect. He would have been wide open to get uh, six more and just just butter handed it. You know, is that is butter handed it? I don't know. Who it sure. I uh, just let it drop. We'll you know. With it. <laughs> I make boys back home. Sleep. I don't even know where it come. It just comes out sometimes, and I'm like, oh, okay. So, anyways. Uh, and, and you know it happens and so Reed was of course asked about it afterwards and he's like yeah he's got talent he just needs to hang on to the ball I mean that makes yeah. sense I mean he's got good hands he's just got to focus on it squeeze it catch it um, and basically saying you know he's going to be alright he's just got to keep working through it and I think that's really what needs to happen is that people do see these things it's not great I'm not saying by any means that it's great when you saw Sky Moore muff the punt against the Colts and then yet have another drop what a week later yep. and then Tobe kept putting him in and kept having to get on the stand in front of all the media after mistake after mistake after mistake and say I trust him he's going to get it down it's really a having your coach back you up yep. B having your teammates back you up having a Patrick Mahomes come over say hey shake it off yep. you're fine talk about it in the presser afterwards give you that confidence and then just getting after it you know putting your head down and getting back on the field that's the hardest part this is such a mental game so I think those mistakes need to happen they do need to happen on a national stage and then hopefully they can transition out by the time we get to the regular season are we going to see another drop from Rasheed Rice probably yeah I mean it's a long well, it's, season it's been a thing for him like going back to the lab guys Craig Kent and Maddie mm -hmm. um, on our NFL draft live stream when Rasheed Rice was drafted it was one of the first things that was brought up I know I'm pretty sure Maddie was probably the first one to bring it up for being honest bring it up something but, negative yeah <laughs> but he did have a drop thing this isn't new for him but let's be fair this was also a thing for like MVS with drops. It, yeah. It's not like that hasn't been a thing yeah, either. So you throw it like one handed back behind him. He's going to make a crazy catch. We throw it right in the chest. He's going to drop it. So with Rasheed Rice, it's something that he's going to have to overcome. Again, something has followed him. It's something to monitor. But I like the fact, I like what you're saying as far as making the mistakes because it's going to happen with mm -hmm. these guys. I'd rather it happen in the preseason. They get used to it than the points that you made of Sky Moore muffing the punts. But let's even get outside of the receiver room, think about all the conversations we had last year regarding the kicking process between the snap, the hold with Tommy Townsend, and then Butker in the field goal, and 
who's at fault and what's going on there and how's it get fixed and this is going to keep us from winning a Super Bowl and how can they do they it? They've had a year. But like they have problems, they fix them. They're professionals. They yep. they're not going to be perfect. They make mistakes. But I like what you said about um Patrick Mahomes because Blaine Gabbert, I know they caught it on the broadcast where Blaine Gabbert went over after one of the drops for Rasheed Rice and kind of gave him some support. And that stuff means a lot for a young player who's already kind of probably in his own head a little bit. Right. Head's already spinning trying to figure out the offense and make sure he's in the same place and the right place at all the times, let alone joining a team that's already in the middle of a dynasty or the start of the middle of the dynasty, however you want to describe it. There's pressure on these young guys going, and especially for a player like Rasheed Rice to go from SMU. And not to pretend that they don't have big games or rivalries, but to go from a smaller... It's a bit of a difference. It's different. However you want to say it, I don't want to insult anybody. But a little bit different to go from that kind of pressure and those expectations to Kansas City. Um, so something to monitor with him for sure. Because again, you watch any of our content and follow our draft stuff. Like It's a thing for him. It's not new. But Patrick Mahomes is going to keep throwing you the ball. And one thing I love about Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy was the same way. If you make a mistake, they're going right. They're putting the ball right back in. Exactly. He makes a drop. They're going to throw right back to him. Maybe in the same exact play um, right after that. But you got to figure out, you know, how to overcome those mistakes because failure is a part of this. Nobody's going to come in and not have failure um, at this level. The response to failure is the key to your success. Yeah. Put that over your mirror. Quote to a little person. Was it, where's the situation in your life? And let us know in the comments. You got one of those like, you had that in your life because you competed, like you've done different things. Like, what's the time that you like made mistakes, overcame it, and became better on the other side of it? Because like, we all assume that this happens in our lives, and then when we talk about others having mm-hmm. to go through it, it's like we don't expect Chiefs players to to fail. You know, Luke, I don't mean individually, but just collectively, it's like we're all shocked nationally broadcasted. Yeah, for everyone to see him and everybody tweeting and all your yeah, friends getting yeah, on and all these people you grew up with and all these people who support you and your family mm-hmm. getting on people saying these things about you. That sometimes there's a human element to it that we all and one side of our mouth would be like, yeah, we know there's gonna be mistakes. You have to overcome them. And then when the mistakes happen, you're like, get them off the team, like get oh, them off trust the field. Me. And being a coach's daughter sitting in the stands, listening to people talk about my dad as he's coaching on the field. And I'm just like, <laughs> and my mom's like don't say anything you just got to sit there and take it because that's part of the game you know yeah. when when a play doesn't go right when you decide to run the ball instead of pass it and make that call and it messes up well it's the coaches i mean it just yeah. the blame is always passed and it's a different perspective to look at the game it's easy to tweet off something about these guys and then you know you're not a part of their daily grind so yeah so i, I love that social media it's bad for a lot of things but i actually like that you can feel more connected to the players um, with them sharing their stories, kind of sharing their sure. lives a little bit. Yep. I feel like that human nature, at least for most of the people, because most people are inherently good. Almost all people are inherently good, uh, despite the world trying to drive us apart. I think most people have more things in common. But when it comes to our fandom and having to to see these guys as people and not just the jersey that we wear um, or a name that we scream or equity that we take and bragging to our friends sure. or friends who like other teams, kind of stealing that equity, whatever you want to call it, of the success that those guys have on the field. Uh, but yeah, I and I grew up playing baseball. I mean, I was a pitcher, so you have to have a short memory. You give up a home run, you give up a walk, a double, there's an error, like you have to move on to the next thing and kind of get past that failure. It's going to continue to follow you. So uh, I think that's one thing that Andy Reid and this whole culture they've built with this team is really good about. Uh, we've seen it. They Every year that they won the Super Bowl, they had struggles. I mean, last year, again, going back, I can't tell you how many people and how many comments there were. And we're all probably guilty of it at some level being like, man, 
you get to the playoff game and there's a field goal that we really need to have. Are we really going to trust that they're going to be able to do yeah. this? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a very, very real thing. And you get into the playoffs and they absolutely nailed and did all the things that they needed to because they, they overcame them. And that's part of the journey of all of this. Yeah. Going off. We are getting deep. We're out getting deep, deep on a Wednesday. We both had some caffeine and now we're <laughs> laying in. And we're having to get through. This will probably be the this will be the most difficult show for anybody who's listening. That like once we get the regular season, this is gonna be a lot easier. Um, but we're gonna take a quick break here and uh, pay a bill, um, pay a couple bills. I would like to get paid. So yeah. our friends over Talk at on. DraftKings, college football fans, are you ready for Week One? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. K-State. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21. Physically present in Kansas. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. On behalf of Boot Hill, Casino, and Resort. All right, Haley, let's move on to number nine. We've got two points left to finish this one strong. Yeah, this is going to be, these are going to be the hard points to get through. Okay. We're both, uh, I think yeah. we're both on the same yeah, page got, about this. We're pretty far into the show before. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. wrapping it up with good old Chris Jones. So on Tuesday, yesterday, they officially moved him to the reserve slash did not report. So what does that exactly mean? I think everyone's kind of wondering, okay, so does that include another fine? Is that an actual like, Big move from the Chiefs. What's it say? So that means Jones is continuing to hold out, right? So he's seeking that extension for his contract through the next coming season. He will not count against the team's roster or salary cap. This also relives the team from, or excuse me, relieves the team from paying him every week. If he does not report to the team by 3 p.m. at Arrowhead time on Tuesday, September 5th, Arrowhead time, it's central time. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why I wrote it like that. September 5th, he cannot collect the $1.08 million that he will be owed for the first game of the regular season. That will money will then be available to the team in the judicial cap space. As long as Jones does not report, the cap space will increase by another $1.08 million on each Tuesday that follows. Okay, it's a lot to basically get down, but right now he's forfeited a ton of money is what you need to know and he's going to if he holds out by week 8 he could sacrifice as much as 9.7 million in salary this season now he doesn't being on the reserve doesn't count against the salary cap but the, the thing there is you kind of have to he could report tomorrow he could show up today so you have to almost play with the salary cap as if he was there the yep. time on the active roster but it does roll over so yes. if they if he does hold out and they don't use that money the cap space will roll over but yeah, it's a it's a right. tricky position that the Chiefs have to be in. I'm glad the NFL does it and this way. And they can't wave where they're being, either. So where they're getting completely um, not pigeonholed, but uh, it's it's part of the leverage thing. Like who has leverage? What can they do? And what are the the decisions that the team is going to have to make based on you know what Chris and his camp decides to do? Um, it's all I my notes for this is I hate all of this. I know it's I hate nice. that we're here. 
Um, I hate that this is going to follow Chris and become a thing. I think the longer it goes, and we've said it from the beginning, but the longer it goes, the worse it's going to get. And eventually it's the longer it goes, more people will turn on Chris, um, from a public perception standpoint, uh, because they're going to go out there. And if the chiefs go out there and do play well and win, it's going to be like, we didn't need him and it's going to piss Chris off. That's just saying collectively, it's not what I think. It's just collectively the thoughts that are going to be out there. Uh, and it's just what happens. It's just what happens. And yeah. I think coach said it best. And it's probably a better way of putting it is the game moves on. Um, and I don't think he was saying that as any sort of, you know, direct message to Chris, other than it's what three, four decades in this sport has showed Andy Reid is that the game will move on. And do I think the chiefs could still win a super bowl without Chris Jones? Yes. Do I think the margin of error is staggeringly different without Chris Jones? Yes, I do. Um, I just part of my brain want to see what's going to happen when people doubt 15 that, oh, you can't do it without Chris. Just like last year, you can't do it without Tyreek. They took it personally and they went out and proved that they could. If they do it without Chris, then that's a whole different bag. But that's me not looking at it from Chris's point of view. And it's tough for me because I like Chris. Um, I know his representatives a little bit. Uh, I've seen some stuff on social about people kind of turning on them, like maybe he's getting some bad advice. And it's hard to ignore if he does hold out till week eight, he's costing himself 10 million. They franchise tag him next year for 24. They're not going to let him walk. Franchise him next year for 24. He holds out again and goes through this, take half that money out. Terrible situation. All of a sudden he's 31. He's a free agent and has made 20 million guaranteed over the last two years because he's held out and lost half that money. Like there's no scenario in which Chris wins in this. If two years from now he's missed half the football, he's 31 and is a free agent and has showed every team in the league, you don't give him what he wants, he's going to hold out. That that will follow him, obviously. It's just an unfortunate situation. And, and I'm tired. I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's it's a tiring it's a tiring storyline, but it has to be talked about because it's ever-changing. And I think yesterday was a statement by the Chiefs. Um, yeah. Does he... You hate it because you know that, I mean, we've had personal, you know, just relationships with the, the, the player that he is and the person he is. And he's a, a great guy to talk to, a wonderful teammate and an incredible player on the field. And this is the stuff that when we're in a business like this, you hate to report on because we see it from more of the personal side, right? Yeah. Human element side. And then yeah. you have to look at it logistically and you're like, well, Green, is it about team? And 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 you wonder, you know, because at the end of the day, you got to provide for your family, take care of yourself. You should be getting paid. I wonder what the Chiefs offered. I don't know. That's it. more than we anything. Don't know if I wish or not. Yeah, I wish I knew what the Chiefs offered. It so, would, I think it would help everybody make a decision um, on how they feel about it because it's they're offering him twenty seven, and he's turning out because he wants thirty. That's going to make you feel a certain way. But if you find out they're offering him twenty three, yeah, or yeah. twenty four, like four dollars more than Quinn and Williams um that's one thing if it's four dollars less than Aaron Donald and he wants more it's different uh the truth is it's probably somewhere in the middle but I've said from the beginning and my whole thing as it started to drag out is I think Chris is Chris could get paid more from another team somewhere in the NFL if Chris wants the most money possible the Chiefs are not going to give him more money than anyone else so I understand from Chris's point of view that somebody else will pay me more. I want as much money as I can. That is well within his right. And I think players should. Um, everybody says that players should honor their contracts. We talked about this last week. He's on a contract. He should show up. 
I hope you have that same energy when teams cut a guy after three years and do a five-year deal. Yeah. Uh, you can't, you can't have it both ways. And so I think another team would pay Chris Jones more money. I don't think the chiefs, um, should pay him more than they deem not what he's worth, but what he is worth to them during in their projections, two or three years from now that they don't have a bad contract on their books as a player gets over the age of 30. And we've seen historically, the chiefs do not give multi-year deals to players that are going into their thirties for the majority of that deal. I believe Chris is 28 or 29, um, 29 years old right now. And again, the chiefs have leverage and that he's under contract this year. They can franchise him next year for $24 million, which is less APY than he's probably asking for right now, which means the chiefs do have a lot of leverage uh, in this situation. Chris is not on the chiefs. They're going to get something back for him. I hope it doesn't get to that point. Um, but it seems like now somebody's going to have to blink and I, it's not going to be the Chiefs. Game of chicken. And that stinks. Yeah, it does. It it's, stinks for Chris knowing that, again, there is a team out there and they might know who it is, uh, the way that the yeah. NFL works and the people talk uh, that would pay him more money. It's just how badly does Chris want to stay here and is the offer that the Chiefs are making respectable? And that's just the part of it that we don't know. Yeah. And it's hard to have a hard line opinion on who's right or wrong without knowing what that looks like. Yep. It's just, again, all around non-fun situation. And I know that Chiefs Kingdom wants him here and he's made it clear that he wants to be here as well. And I know his teammates are missing him and wanting him there. And it definitely shows. We just have to sit and wait. I mean, it's above our pay grade. All we can do is speculate off the information we're given. And that's all we know is that he's behind a pretty penny and we'll see how far this thing rolls. Yeah. Seems like both sides are dug in, and that's not a great situation. But again, there's still time. Um, my deadline was like four days ago, so we're past my deadline of when I was going to feel comfortable. Uh, but yeah. but yeah, hopefully it's it's wrapped up soon. But we are wrapping up this show right now. We appreciate all of you for tuning in to this episode of 10 Things. Uh, we will be recording next week um, after the game. We'll actually record on Friday. Crazy, crazy week. Are we ever going to build a real schedule, you think? The following week? Yes. We will. Um and we'll record a second 10 things before the next game. We'll have to figure that out. We'll have to figure the timing Are out. But eventually, okay. one, day, one day we'll get on. Cool. Tucker, you got schedule. that on your calendar? <laughs> it's living up the K. Adams, <laughs> calling him an icon. He's going to be living that up for anybody's out there. But uh, we appreciate everybody for listening. And if you haven't heard uh, the folks from Times Hours, Nate, Josh, and Seth. Nate, Taylor, Josh, the Briscoe, Seth, Kaiser, and podcasting for four years together, that show has joined KC Sports Network, and that show is called Only Weird Games. They'll record twice a week. Really excited. Based on what we saw on social yesterday, it. it went over very well. And so people are excited about that. Love having those guys be a part of this uh, and what we're trying to build here at KCSN. Still very small. Still still growing, um, but I like where we're headed. I like it here. Yeah. All right. That's all I- we got. That's how we're going to end this thing. See y'all later. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.